Welcome to Voices from the Bench, a dental laboratory podcast. Send us an email at info at voicesfromthebench.com or look for us on Facebook at Voices from the Bench. Greetings and welcome to episode 169 of Voices from the Bench. My name is Elvis. Number 69, hey, 169. My name is Barbara. <laughs> Somehow I knew you were going to mention that. <laughs> I needed to do that for myself. It's been a rough day. <laughs> What's it like in Florida? It's really rainy. Really? And there's a depression or something out in the Gulf of Mexico, and we're on the right side of it, so we always get the weather. The bleep weather. Yeah. So it's been raining for two days, not completely straight, but for the most part, off and on. Well, that's good. I kind of remember a couple of weeks ago, you mentioned that it was really dry and you needed well, it. So. They, so they say when it rains, it pours and that's what it's doing. Go. I think we're on our third day of over 90 degrees wow. and Thank hot, you, humid in Indiana and it really sucks. And it's like, if I don't go for a run before 830, the whole day shut. Yeah. Yeah. I've been running at like two it's 93 at two. So I've been, I'm Ugh. getting it. I'm going and it's hot, but I yeah. love it. So you missed FDLA. Mm-hmm. A lot of people said, hello, ask where you were. Mm-hmm. I understand. Work keeps us in uh, busy sometimes, but yeah. it was a good show. It was good to see everybody out and about. No masks. All that mandate was gone. Fantastic. It was just, yeah, it was good. It was good just to run into people and be able to talk to them without looking at them and thinking they're full of disease. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what's up? So last week, we didn't receive any audio thanks to celebrate Dental Technician and CDT Appreciation Month. Well, we want to show appreciation for those that sent them in this week. Because we got a bunch of them. Right. I guess when we call out people for not sending any in, people get their and gear. Nice. Make sure you stick around after the interview to hear the love from others in the industry. But fear not if you didn't send one in because there's still one episode left in the month. And you can still give that shout out to that special someone or someones in our industry. Remember, all you got to do is record yourself on your phone or computer It doesn't need to be anything fancy. And email it to info at voicesfromthebench.com and we'll play it on the next episode. Don't let this year go by. One week left. Mm -hmm. So dental lab shows have started up again finally. There was Texas. There was Visions. They both happened. My good friend and partner Elvis was at the FDLA last weekend. And there are many on the schedule to happen over the next few months. But the first time in many, 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 many months, both of us, Elvis and Barbara, will be recording at a show. Voices from the Bench will be recording all weekend at the Ladies of the Mill Summit in Chattanooga, Tennessee, July 23rd and 24th. Super excited. This is a totally unique meeting. Definitely worth checking out if you're looking to get out and learn and network. Head over to ladiesofthemill.com to see the all-female lineup of speakers all the great events, and after-hours entertainment, and to see why this event will surely be the first of many. And because it's so cool, the ladies that started Ladies of the Mill are offering a special price to our listeners of the podcast. So when you go to ladiesofthemill.com and register, enter the promo code VOICES, and you will get 50 bucks off, which is amazing. Thanks, ladies. So this is a great deal, and it's only good until midnight on July 4th. So come see us July 23rd and 24th at Ladies of the Mill. Cannot wait to get out again. 
It's amazing. Yes, $50 off promo code voices. That's pretty fantastic. It's $200 to register and that's 50 bucks off. That's that's a huge Heck yeah. Match, so thank you. Come and bring all your technicians. Yep. And they have to be females. Just saying. No, they don't. That's the thing. I don't want to be the only guy there. Me and Brian, we need more guys. <laughs> okay. All right, guys, this is our chance. Do it. <laughs> so this week we talked to a guest that surprised the heck out of me as we got to know him more. I was on Facebook and saw a post from Dustin Osborne from Osborne Certified Dental, or OCD, where he converted a van into a mobile dental lab. Now, it looked really cool, and we wanted to know why or how he started this mobile lab. So when we asked Dustin to come on and talk about it, it turns out he has a full history of training removable technicians all around the country with NDX and running large removable departments producing ridiculous amount of work. I was surprised that he had this backstory. Oh yeah. But COVID had him and his family switch gears and he now owns a lab that I think most technicians would enjoy the freedom it gives. So join us as we chat with the man with the van, Dustin Osborne. Elvis, when your lab was getting busy again after the shutdown, how the heck did you handle all of the extra work? It definitely came back a lot quicker than we expected. And the nice thing is that we have an amazing partner to labs in the industry, Alien Milling. Not only did they handle all the designs that we were not prepared to do, but they could also handle any milling we needed done. So, you know, one of the buzzwords is that the outsourced design centers lack consistency. Did you see any of that? Was that an issue? Not at all. Not only was everything back to us the next day, all the designs were done here in the U.S. with a team of dedicated technicians that gave us what we like to call straight-to-mill designs. So basically, that's no adjustments needed in my language. Pretty much. You didn't have to open up 3Shape to make sure it looked okay. It nice. went straight to the mill. And if the case was super complex, we just let them mill it. No matter if it was a zirconia crown, Emacs, an abutment, titanium bars, or even dentures. I had no idea they do all of that. So how is their turnaround times? We all know that that's the most difficult part of outsourcing work. You know, you just don't know. Absolutely. Most services are done next day. From crowns to bars, even the iVotion digital denture next day. Wow. Seriously, next day? That's amazing. Yep. What if I want to have Alien mill some of my crowns, but also mill my own? Do you think the doctors will know the difference? You know, believe it or not, they're not just a milling center. Alien Milling also provides the discs of the same zirconia and can set you up with one of their amazing mills so you can produce the same quality restorations that you want your lab to be known for. Wow. Sounds out of this world, totally amazing. What is the best way to find out more about Alien Milling? You can give them a call at 844-ZIRCONIA. Nice. Yeah, that's pretty fancy. That's 844-947-2664. Or head over to alienmilling.com to see all the services and products they offer. I'm going to do it. Thank you. We appreciate your support of our podcast, Alien Milling. Voices from the Bench. The Interview. We'd like to welcome to the podcast Dustin Osborne, 
who is from Arkansas, who I saw online. I think it was a Facebook post. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what it was. It was like people showing views from their bench, maybe? It was It was actually one of your posts where people are talking about doing their chairside conversions and, uh, and showing the broom closets that they're working out of. In a closet. Yes. That's hilarious. And then you showed this picture of like a converted van that is decked out better than most labs I've seen. <laughs> nice. And I thought this has got to be an interesting story. So welcome to the podcast, Dustin. How are you today? I'm doing very well. Thank you guys for taking time and, and having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So Dustin, before we get into the what we're going to call the van down by the river, <laughs> how did you get into how did you get into our industry? Obviously, you didn't just buy a van and think, "Hey, dental technology is the way to go." How did you learn about us? Well, in high school, it's never something that I even thought about or was introduced to. But interestingly enough, my pastor and, and his wife were dental technicians. Now, at the time, I didn't know what they did. But as I got out of high school and, and I was working, my mother-in-law, I just got married. And so I was looking for a good job and was actually welding at the time. And she told me I should swing by Green Dental Lab. That's the lab that uh Kim and Jeff Thomas worked at. And so uh, I went by there just because I had heard it's a good place to work. I went and tested and they hired me just a few days later. And so uh, that's kind of how I I ventured into the lab scene uh, very blindly. Mm. Was that Josh Green? Yes. Wow. That's a big lab. Yeah, so I live about an hour north of Heber Springs, which uh, that's where Green Dental Lab is located. So when they tested you, what sort of test? Was it like a working test? The test that we went through, the first one was a chalk test, and that's the one everybody's scared of. You know, they give you a drawing, and they give you a piece of chalk and a Bard Parker knife and millimeter rule, and you have to carve. uh, One end is a bevel, there's a slice in the middle, and there's a three-dimensional equilateral triangle Hmm. at the end of the chalk. And so you have an hour and a half. They put the chalk out there, the drawing, a millimeter rule, a Bard Parker, and some Uh, (laughs) Band-Aids. And what do you have to draw? So you don't have to draw anything. They have the dimensions drawn out that you have to carve the chalk to. Mm -hmm. You carve that, and if you make it past that phase, then they have hand-eye coordination tests. So it's like how far you can get through a maze you know, you have to put two check marks in a box and see how many boxes you can fill in a minute. And then you do a reverse image test. And wow, let's see the, the last <laughs> one, if you're going into ceramics or something like that, then they'll do a color test. Yeah. See how you see colors. So I wasn't going into ceramics. You know what they hired me for. Kim Thomas at the time was a removable department manager there. And so I actually got hired into her department. Wow. I was going to ask, my my original question was, did they give you a bar of soap and have you um, cut anatomy or some sort of design of a crown? But I've never heard of so many tests before. I've heard of the Glidewell math test. Yeah, right. No, that's how every technician, when I, now I don't know if they still do it, but when I was hired in, like every tech went through that process. And once you made it through that process, then, you know, you made it out. And they would do classes with Ernie Robbins at the time. He's an excellent technician. And so he would go through some of the basic landmarks of the mouth and watch some videos, go through, you know, give you the gist of the process. And then the rest of the time you would spend on the floor with technicians. 
just learning. I have never heard of such a involved hiring process. <laughs> That's pretty intense. I, I don't know if they still do that or not because, you know, technicians are hard to find. <laughs> right. And so what they do is they rarely hire technicians with experience. You know, it's a very remote area. And so people are trained from the bottom up. And when they do that, what they're looking for is is people with the right hand-eye coordination mm-hmm. and, you know, the right aptitude for dental technology. Because as we know, this is not a job that's for everyone. True. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> do you still have your chalk tooth? Yeah, I was going to ask. Well, I think they kept it. And <laughs> I scored really well on it. And I think they uh, used it for an example as well. Now, whether they wow. still have it or not, I don't know. But, you know, they would qualify you. You were Q1, Q2, Q3. I tested Q3, which is at a higher level. So nice. they were hiring me for a uh, finisher, mm-hmm. uh, acrylic finisher. So, you know, each job in the lab, depending on what you were doing, it had that qualifying level, the, the Q code, I guess you would call it, but uh, but the Q level. And so once you tested, they would kind of know what area, you know, you would perform the best in. So where'd you start? So you started grinding acrylic? Well, that's what they hired me for, but they they started me in repairs, I guess, because they wanted me to be able to fix anything that I broke. (laughs) So it's, you know, in hindsight, it's not a bad plan. Well, yeah, I agree. It makes sense, actually. (laughs) (laughs) If you guys want me to kind of run through it, I can kind of tell you the process through green and and on yeah absolutely Uh, when i hired into green i started as a repair technician and i worked at that for about a month i have previously went to school for auto body and repair and also welding technologies so working with my hands you know prepping surfaces things like that i had already been through in you know in other yeah uh, industries not so much on the dental, but the concepts were very similar as far as how to prep surfaces for acrylic. It's very similar to how mm-hmm. you prep for paint. As far as like contouring, shaping, doing things like that, you know, I'd uh, I'd had experience with that. I took to the process really well. Picked up on the steps, you know, that it, that it takes to do that well. After about a month, I was proficient in repairs, and they moved me to acrylic finish. Yeah. So they're a production laboratory, and as you're training you're sitting by an experienced technician and so they help you know coach you through the process they have their own workload to do but they're especially in the beginning it's very hands-on sitting by them watching and then for lack of a better term maybe monkey see monkey do yeah you know you watch them do it and then you try to mimic that and do the same thing and they kind of coach you through it step by step and so Lindy Sutherland was my trainer when I was working on finish. I happened to pick up on it quickly. You know, after you can produce more than your pay, you actually go on to production. So I think I only trained for about a month wow. uh, before I actually went on to production for finishing. And after about three months, I made level two technician, which is when you have a 95% pass rate on your work through quality control. <laughs> And so I made it through that, and I worked as a technician for them for about five years. Were they NDX at this time? When I hired in, Josh was still walking around the lab, but he had just sold out. Okay. And so this is 2005 Okay, uh, yep. would be the time frame on it. And so I worked as a tech and cross-trained into pretty much anything they would let me as far as in the department. I was really lucky. Kim Thomas is an excellent technician and mentor, and Mm -hmm. uh, she really took me under her wing and, and helped train me and, you know, make me a better technician. 
I love Kim because she's really cut and dry as far as work goes. She's a very loving person, but when you're at work, it's work. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. She's going to take it serious. So between her and Mike Harlan, who was a doctor relations there, they really helped me. They understood that I wanted to learn more and be better. Mm. And so I think they recognized some leadership qualities that I had and they really worked with me. And so after about, I think it was six years because, you know, after five years, I could take my CDT. I think in about year six, I got promoted to being the removable department manager. Wow. You know, it's a kind of a co-manager deal. Uh, myself and, and Forrest Dewberry, we ran the department under Ed Barger, who was the removable operations director. And so to do that, you have to become certified. So at that point, I took my CDT. I was lucky I was able to take it, you know, kind of on my home ground. We had enough people together yeah. to have them come to us. Did they support that and pay for it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's cool. Absolutely. Yeah. They cover all the charges. Now, I didn't have time during the day to study and to do that. That was on my own time. I spent sure. every Saturday for a few months mm. at the lab prepping you know, just running through the test, honestly, every Saturday. I did that for probably three months. Wow. And then I took the whole test in one day. So I did, instead of breaking it up in sections, I just yeah. went ahead. Hey, Kim and, and Tony Seal told me just, you know, just go ahead and get it done. And knock so, it out. <laughs> right. Just yeah. knock it out. And so I did. I'm glad I did. I felt like I was very prepared for the test. And so ended up scoring, scoring very well on it. Yeah. Uh, I can only imagine you did. <laughs> Mike Harlan, he also scored very well on the test. And so I was kind of poking fun at him because I beat him. <laughs> <laughs> we took two different tests. I can't remember what he scored. I scored a 98.99. Wow. On the hands-on part. I missed one point of contact on wow. in my process set. but. Anyway, we kind of poked fun at each other sure. about it. He took his and cast partials. but So I did that until, well, I was with Green for 10 years. Wow. And after that, I actually left the company. It's fast and furious. You know, uh, Elvis, you and I were kind of talking about that beforehand, lab yeah. life. And busy, busy, busy. Yeah, the Arkansas Medicaid account, we had that exclusively at Green along with the regular work. So we were running a department of about 45 technicians. Holy moly of just removable that's huge just removable and so oh my gosh never heard of such a big removable <laughs> we had 10 acrylic finishers and three setup technicians i think five waxers it was a machine your tooth cabinet must have been the size of a room <laughs> it was a whole room I oh it's funny how your mind works <laughs> it was a it was a whole room and so after keeping that pace for a while, I just I kind of burned out a little bit and, and I felt like I was ready for a change. And so yeah. I actually left the company and I was starting my own business, which was not dental. It was not dental? It was not. I actually uh, kind of mentioned welding and doing some of that. I've always had two jobs. And so when I'm not a, a technician, then I'm welding. Wow. Honestly, I do a lot of it. And so I was doing that in land improvement. I'd actually purchased some equipment and I live in a very rural area, a lot of farms and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. I was doing that for about three months. And Scott Riggin, when I worked at Green, he was the general manager and he had moved on into corporate for NDX. Mm -hmm. And so he was actually head of the professional and technical development team. 
<laughs> and he called me and left me a voicemail and just wanted me to give him a call. And so I called him. They had been interviewing for a removable trainer at the national level for National Dentex. And they'd interviewed a lot of people, but, you know, people had it on paper, but didn't have it in their hands. Uh, yeah. That makes not a lot of sense. what they were looking for. Yep. Anyway. They called me. Kim Thomas had actually recommended me for the job. So Scott got a hold of me and they had me come to Green and test for it. And so I went over there. Another test. <laughs> right. Another test, which, you know, can be a little bit nerve wracking. This is after. So I haven't been a technician at this point. I haven't been working on the bench for four years and then had been completely out of the lab for three months. Wow. Wow. So when I got there, I'm like, you had to bear with me. I might be a little bit rusty. <laughs> uh, you know, honestly, I was a little slow, but I did well. Yeah. And so he hired me that day. Wow. What was that test? So that was to become a trainer or? It was. So that was to become the uh, removable trainer for National Dentex as a whole. Wow. And so uh, that test was making a set of base plate birams and giving to them. And then from that point, articulating the case and then setting upper and lower fully dentulous and letting them look at it and then waxing both cases, you know, and letting them look at it. And, you know, we didn't go through the entire process, but we went through the first steps of it to where they could kind of review my hands-on ability. And, and that was pretty much it. I don't think I made any custom trades or anything like that, but, you know, just to show yeah. them that I... You know, that I have the skills and ability. And and so that was kind of the test. Yeah. Along with, of course, Scott, he knew me and my background. And so as far as credentials and things like that, it's not like I was well known or a top person in the in the industry because I didn't venture outside of that department. You know, I, I was pretty much in there day to day, making sure everything ran smooth. Well, 45 people. I mean, it kept you busy. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. With that, guys, we would check in between, you know, a slow day would be 250 cases and a big day would be 400. Oh, my God. We were, we were <laughs> processing anywhere from, I would say, 100 and... 30 units a day to 200. Oh, wow. With three setup technicians? Let me tell you, I've been all over the country and in a lot of labs, and we had three of the best setup technicians that I have ever come across. Wow, that's intense. So they hired you in as a national trainer. What was that like for you? A lot of travel, I would imagine. Right. You know, with that, I would travel pretty much Every Monday morning, I got up at 3.15 in the morning, and I would drive two hours to the airport, because that's how far I am. Yeah, rural. <laughs> and I would get on a plane and fly to whatever location, you know, that they had ready for me to go to. So it might be Manchester, New Hampshire. It might be Orlando, Florida. It might be Reno, Nevada. Mm. And so I would go get on a plane, try to get to the location by, uh, I was usually try to be in lab by about one thirty on Monday and I would stay until Thursday. And then, you know, I would fly back Thursday. So I was on a plane two days a week, you know, fly out Monday, fly back home on Thursday. And, uh, so yeah, quite a, quite a bit of travel. And you would go into the lab and you would sit there and you would train people that were already there to get them better? Or would you go in and just start with somebody just walking in the door to teach them? You know, it, it depended. Like I said, it was the professional and technical development team. So actually what I got into was 
I would go on site. They would send me to problem labs. Mm -hmm. I would say, I don't say that as a bad term, but labs that, that needed help. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. so my background in management and running a large department efficiently baited me in being able to go in and troubleshoot, you know, bottlenecks and honestly help train managers to how to better run their department. Mm. What I got into, you know, after I started traveling was I would train technicians. I would actually go in and write an evaluation of the department and I reported directly to Scott and the board of directors for National Dentex. And so every week it would be go to a lab, sit down, train people, you know, train anyone in the removable department that they felt needed, you know, additional training, Mm -hmm. uh, evaluate technicians' abilities, pretty much write up an evaluation and help the department managers set a plan for those technicians and also for their department, how to improve them. And so that was pretty much, you know, every week was just like a a troubleshooting training week. And I would typically be working with about four labs, you know, a month and just kind of make a circuit. And Mm. so I would go to, you know, the first lab, work with them, go to the second, third, fourth, then loop back to the first. And so I just kind of, my boss, Scott Riggin, he would pretty much, we would talk on the phone or, or email about the week before he would let me know where I was going and I'd purchase a plane ticket and book a hotel room and, and be on my way. Wow. Did you travel with tools, you know, like dental carvers and stuff, or did you just, you know, I didn't. And you can learn, (laughs) I'll be honest. I learned how to do this with about anything you could put in my hand. (laughs) I was used to kind of having my own tools and, you know, being on airplanes, you can only carry certain things. Sure. And so I decided, you know what, I'm going to teach them how to do this with whatever they've got in front of them. Nice. You know, these are the tools that the technicians have to work with. And not that we didn't order tools, because if I saw something they needed, we ordered it. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I would sit down with them with what they had and teach them how to do it. No, that's smart. Which is probably the best way because you can't really, you know, change everything a technician's doing. You want them to be super comfortable and just get better and not go in there and revise every single thing they're doing. You know, you're reinventing the the wheel. A lot of times you can take and just kind of tweak what they're doing to, you know, to help mm-hmm. get them moving in the right direction. I can see where you go back in and you can see all of the positive changes and things getting better and better and better. Right. How long did you train for NDX? I trained for them for about two years, and I actually had been talking to to Scott about taking over a laboratory. And so between him and Tom Dalton, the the CEO of National Dentex, we were kind of bouncing stuff back and forth, and they liked the idea. And so Tom Dalton was kind of pushing Lansing, Michigan, and uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. You know, that's a long way from home for me either way. Yeah. So... uh, There was a lab manager in Tulsa that was going to retire. And Tulsa is about five and a half hours from where I live. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's close enough that I can bounce back to see family or or whatever. Pretty easy. Yeah. Talking with Scott, he was over about six labs at the time, uh, along with the professional and technical development team. And so he helped me get that lab in Tulsa. It was uh, Flood Dental Laboratory. Hmm. You know, after two years of, of training for them, let's see what year would that have been i guess it was like 2017 that i went and i took over flood dental laboratory which i know more now than i knew then but 
at the time, I didn't realize, I knew it was declining, but I didn't know exactly to what extent. I won't say anything bad about anyone, but the lab was on the downhill yeah. more than I was aware. Oh. And so when I got into it, it just didn't work out. I worked with the technicians. We made improvements. We were trying to turn things around, but unfortunately, there was not any aid hmm. to help the lab grow. They were actually working on phasing that lab out and rolling that work into another lab. Hmm. And unfortunately, that's something I didn't know going in, but it became very obvious once I had moved my family to Tulsa and and dug kind of deep into it. And so during that time, I was actually, so I'm trying to push forward and move and grow and actually looking into acquisitions as far as like, you know, who can we roll in? How can we build this and, you know, start the snowball rolling? Sure. Rolling down the hill to get this thing going. And so that's where I met Adam Brewer, who owns Brewer Dental Laboratories. We had actually met and talked. And as I got to know him and talking to him about maybe Dentex purchasing his laboratory, he decided that he would rather just hire me uh, <laughs> and have me come run his dental laboratory. Wow. It wasn't anything that I jumped on real quick, but over time, as I could kind of see the writing on the wall for what they were doing, I, I accepted his offer and, and transitioned. The funny thing is it's only a few miles away. It's also there in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. He probably had about 20 technicians. Well, I say 20 technicians. It was about 20 people total. So that's front office drivers, you yeah. know, everyone. And their specialty was removable at the time. And he was in a building with another lab named Tafla Dental Lab. Uh, was owned by Jafar Tafla. <laughs> and they were Crown and Bridge. So they, you know, they had their own separate operations, but were in the same building. Interesting. Adam could kind of see, when I came on with him, I pretty much pitched him the same ideas that I gave Dentex when I was working for them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I unfortunately got a lot of no's when I was working for them because their plan was kind of to go the other direction. But when I went to work for Adam, he was very much behind it. And so he actually had a, a new location that he was, it was in stud walls when I hired on. Okay. And so he said, I'm going to need a lot of help laying this out and, and getting it going. We're getting yeah. ready to, to move and expand. And so the initial working with, with Adam was going in and helping him lay out the lab and order workbenches and helping the electricians understand kind of how, you know, where everything's going to lay out, mm -hmm. you know, how much energy it's going to pull, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And so over the next several months, I was evaluating his technicians, honestly, and their skill sets and, you know, seeing where they were strong and where they weren't and looking at, at the systems uh, as far as like his computer system. And so what we did before we moved was I helped them magic touch software yep. as a dental laboratory management software. And so it was one that, that I was familiar with from working with Dentex, but not nearly as familiar as I was about to get. So I'm not, uh, I'm not IT, but I went in and I know all the processes. So whether it be crown and bridge processes step-by-step step, or if it's removable, I pretty much went in and worked with Magic Step and I entered all of the products and all of the tasks and all of the times. And the oh, periods. I hate that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I had to come up with all of these yep. and build them into the system. And then also they had, I couldn't believe it, they had 12 different price lists. 
Oh, sounds like night dental. And so I had to, you know, get all of those, which they were all written on paper. And so I had to kind of sort through them and see what was what, you know, put all the accounts in, assign all the accounts to their correct price list. So pretty much set up the computer system and then set up the scanner systems and things like that to track productivity. For the first probably three months that I was with them, that occupied a lot of my time. But we we got the system in before we moved to the new facility. And so I helped them move equipment over the weekend. Yeah. to a new facility and be set up and ready to run for Monday. And, you know, everything doesn't go perfect, but honestly, Never it went does. pretty well. Oh, it, it, went, nice. it went a lot better than I thought it was going to. And we got them in there. And then Tafla Dental Lab during this has merged with us. And so we bring their technicians on board. So they move with us. Wow. So now we're full service. And then after a little while, Flood Dental Laboratory, they went ahead and closed its doors. And so... It's a good thing you didn't stay. You're right. I, <laughs> I didn't stay. So those technicians didn't have, I mean, they just shut the doors and they didn't have Ooh. anywhere to go. So they came to work for me. Huh. Heck yeah. That's awesome. And so they came over. We had just built out a new facility, had plenty of open chairs. So they came in and went to work for us. And shortly thereafter, there was a dental laboratory by the name of Classic Dental Lab that was all Crown and Bridge. And so at that time, we only had about four Crown and Bridge technicians. And so they had, well, let's see, when we hired them in, we brought on about 10 more. All at once? Yes. Wow. And so I helped onboard them, get everything set up, move another laboratory Jeez. in and get it set up. It was a very project-filled time. And so we get everybody in the same building and we start tracking key performance indicators, safety, internal quality, external quality, productivity, and having morning meetings and getting everybody mm -hmm. on the same page, you know, and then we start working on the next piece of the puzzle when, you know, as you grow, you, get, you have growing pains. And so you're going to have to review your systems and how you do things. And so, you know, one of the first big things is as you grow, quality is going to, you know, you have to really keep a close eye on it. Oh, yeah. And so I helped them set up quality control uh, and designated quality control technicians that that's all they do is look mm -hmm. at cases instead of, you know, trying to put more on the department managers to where they have to be involved with the work, oversee the technicians and look at every case that goes out the door. That's a lot. Now we have people that their job is just to make sure that we maintain quality. And so we got that set up. And I started tracking, you know, I told you we were tracking productivity. They were looking at going to a production system. And so all of that's in the computer. I built it in, you know, to the mm -hmm. system to be able to track all of it. And so we start working with the technicians on that and letting them know what the numbers are and coaching them, honestly, meeting with individuals, uh, making sure they have the tools that they need and making sure that they have the training that they need to hit their goals. And about the time they were going to go on production, COVID mm. introduced itself. And so oh, wow. uh, I had honestly, I had just wrapped up most of my large projects for them as far as, you know, what we had set out to do initially. And, you know, at this point, we've grown about 250% from, from two years ago. Wow. Not to say everything is, is going perfect, but it's, it's a very self-sufficient 
machine at this point. It's, you know, we have things in place that, that manage processes. And so it's not something that you have to just keep your eye on constantly. You know, if you miss a day or something like that, it's not the end of the world. It, it yeah. life goes on, things keep moving. And so with that, you know, when COVID hit, we cut it to a skeleton crew. There's only about, you know, we could only have 10 technicians mm. in the lab. Adam, he's a very hands-on owner. And so he's going to be there every day. Well, my salary to oversee 10 technicians is not worth it. And oh, so, yeah. <laughs> and I recognize that. And Adam and I were friends. And I'm like, you know what? I'll just stay home. I'll just, I'll volunteer and stay home. You're going to be here every day anyway. You don't need me to oversee it. So that was the plan. And I, I took off and was out. That was the end of March. And uh, around May 24th, I think I was called to come back to work, which was fine with me. I was ready. And, uh, you know, there's only so many yard projects you can do before you're just out. Yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah. No, I get it. I was going stir crazy during that time. Right. <laughs> called me he sounded a little different and he had actually you know he was scared because he didn't know what the market was going to do you know if mm -hmm. it was going to stay down or or what and so i could tell that he was worried about it and worried about the money and so unfortunately for me when i came back i was let go like i said i had wrapped up a lot of the major projects that we had and you know had things running smooth and it was just kind of you know, for him, I guess it was good timing because I had, you know, finished a lot of the Got everything done. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. But for me, it was, it was not the greatest, but you know, it's, it's a business decision. And yeah. when you need to save money, unfortunately, uh, the big ones the go. Salaries yeah. are going to go pretty yeah. quick. And so that's what kind of sent me into coming back home. And, and so I sold my house at the end of that day. Wow. You're a fast move. And <laughs> yeah, that happened a little quicker than I thought. And so the day that, that I found out that it was, you know, going to happen, I uh, I made one phone call and, and sold my house. <laughs> and you got the hell out of there. Pretty much. Yep. Uh, two weeks later, I'm, you know, I had a, I had a week of work to finish. And the next week I moved. And so like two weeks later, I'm sitting in Arkansas, you know, back home where I'm from. And of course, with that change, that's that's uncertainty. And mm. before I left, I guess I, I found out on a on like a Tuesday that that I was going to lose my job. And my wife and I are talking. We have two kids and uh, like, what what now? And so as we sat there, Adam and I had actually discussed a mobile laboratory for expansion to Oklahoma City because we operated out of Tulsa. <laughs> But we wanted to we wanted to be able to go to Oklahoma City and offer same day repairs, relines, things of that nature. But he didn't necessarily want to sink the money into a facility. Yeah. We had talked about it I think maybe two days at the most, because he brought it up to me. I'm like, Oh well, you know, that's cool. I think we could check it out and so there's a, a place that actually sold like transit style vans about two blocks from us. So we just walk over there one day and, and look at one just to see what they mm -hmm. even look like. You know, just a regular transit van. And we looked in it and it's like, oh, wow, these have, you know, it's a lot more room than I was expecting. And uh, you could actually stand up in them. Really? Huh. You know, not hit your head. And so we talked about it a little bit and I told him, I, I think I can put one of these together. And that's about as far as it went, honestly. We had, at the time, we had some other projects going, and so we just didn't pursue it. Mm -hmm. 
but the thought was always in my mind. You know, I was kind of at that point, I'm thinking, well, how would I do this? You know, how would I put one of these together? And he was talking about having someone else build it. Not with your welding background. <laughs> well, and I thought, you know, to me, I've I've always been mechanically inclined, I guess you would say. I like to mess with things. I like to tinker. And so, you know, as I found out I was losing my job, I was sitting on the couch with my wife and she's worried. And I mean, I get it. Yeah. And she's like, what are we going to do? And so I told her, I'm, I'm like, okay, this is what we're going to do. So we're going to go back to Arkansas. We live remotely, right? So we're, we're kind of out in the middle of nothing, just the mountains. So there's not like a lot of work here, but there are larger towns within an hour or so up here in about any direction that you go. And so I told her, I said, I am going to build a mobile lab and we're going to live where we want to. And I'm going to be able to go to any of these towns that I want to operate in and do what I do. I love it. <laughs> I think it's and genius. So she was like, okay. And so when I got home, I had an F-150 and I had my severance money. And of course I had some money set back, but I took my severance pay and my F-150, traded my F-150 and I bought a Ram ProMaster van and brought it home. And I took my severance money and I purchased all the equipment and supplies that I needed. And I spent the next month waiting on Amazon, UPS, or FedEx. Uh, <laughs> to deliver all your presents. <laughs> right. And as they delivered things and as I went and purchased things, because uh, some of it were kind of large items. And so I would go and, and pick them up. I put this thing together piece by piece as it came in. And, you know, it probably took me a month to build. But if I had everything there, uh, I yeah. can, and now that I've done it once, I can replicate it pretty quickly. And so I did a lot of studying on, you know, how to set it up, what's going to be the most efficient. And so the van is actually, it's all battery powered. And so it all recharges off the alternator when it's running. Hmm. And when you disconnect it, so when you turn the key off, it actually separates the back battery system from your front battery. So you can't ever run it down. You can't ever run the van down to where it won't start. Oh, I see. Yeah. And so what I set up for was was actually like... I told my wife in Tulsa, like repairs and stuff like that, there's so many offices and same day repairs and things like that are, you know, a really big deal. And that's one of the ways that we get into offices is by offering those same day services because everybody likes convenience, right? Mm -hmm. That was kind of the business model idea is start out doing repairs, relines. I mean, I can solder in there, wow. you know, add loops, add class, whatever we need to do. And I can do it right there on site. And so the idea is to to just roll up and do whatever they need to get your foot in the door. And it works. I work mainly out of one town here in, in Arkansas, which is it's Batesville. And the way it worked was just I can take the van and I can go there and pretty much anything they need that is same day I can handle. Well that just opens the door for other work. You you know, if you do something for them and you do it well, they're like, well what else can you do? Mm -hmm. Well, I can do dentures. I can do acrylic partials. I can do flexible partials, mouth guards, pretty much anything that you need. And so one by one, I start picking up accounts. And now I work for everyone in that town. So there's about 10, you know, wow. 10 offices down there that I'm working with. And, you know, I started this in, I think, like uh, August mm. of last year is when I, I rolled out and picked up my first case. 
from then it has been fast and furious in growth. And so it's awesome to me because it went from a thought on my couch to here. Yeah. You know? wow. It's been really, really fun, really different because there are a lot of things you have to overcome when you think about a removable laboratory and everything that, that you have that goes in it. I mean, we have hand pieces, we have a curing pot, we have lathes, we have a wet model trimmer. We have pumice stations, suction. Wow. Do you have a boil out in your van? <laughs> you know, that I don't. I could the way I have it set up, but I don't. I actually, I have a, a little room here at home that I boil out and process. But if I needed to, I could do it out of the van. That's nuts. I have three 15-amp circuits in the van. Hmm. Jeez. I have a compressor in there, which is housed in a cabinet that is insulated, so it keeps it quiet. But I mean, I can do about anything I want out of it. The biggest thing for me is with with how much work I'm doing now. I actually, we it's me and my wife. I've trained her during the process. And so we work two of us out of this van comfortably. Wow. And stay uh, married. I know. <laughs> it's wonderful. Wow. I'm sure she probably wants to chuck me sometimes, but she's, she does really good. But we're actually looking at, uh, at some point, this is going to, I've passed the point of, I can do everything out of the van that I have, mm -hmm. but I'm ready to have a location for home base. Oh. Yeah, I was thinking that was coming. Yep. Right. But I can replicate this. And so that's what's fun about it. You can create a home base, but then you can expand business anywhere you want because I can offer same days anywhere that I want. You know, I can send one of these to any metro area to pick up same days and then once you start picking up same days, you're going to start picking up other cases from there. And so um, the business model is is unique. And, you know, you kind of you're messing with me, Elvis, about, you know, selling dentures out of your van down by the river. Yeah. And I was going to tell you, actually, in the town that I work at, there is a large river that runs by it. So you're not you're not wrong. Uh, He's never wrong. That's true. <laughs> so you guys have listened to me blab for a long time now. You can ask me anything you want about the van, the operation, whatever, and, and I'll see if I can, can answer something for you. Well, my first question was, converting the van, how much do you think that costs you to get all that equipment in there? You don't have to be specific, but just the actual conversion part of it. And then how do you keep everything from not flying around when you drive? <laughs> you know, that is the part that is hard to overcome, the, the keeping everything in its place. Yeah. And I would probably divulge more, but I actually have people trying to buy me Oh, and the idea on how to do it. And so I will say it can be difficult. There's definitely a way I can take uh, what I have now. And if someone calls me, I can go from sitting at the bench and waxing or grinding or polishing or trimming models, and I can be gone unless than if I need to in less than a minute. Wow. I mean, I carry 800 cards of teeth with me. In the van? In the van. Wow. I mean, I have a way of keeping everything in its place. But, you know, when you get a new idea, people are really funny. I've had, had a laboratory contact me, and, and I mean, I'll tell them, and I've sent you guys pictures. It's not like it's some secret. Sure. But there are certain parts that I won't give out because... Naturally, somebody's going to replicate this, and that's okay. Yeah, I'm not trying to to keep anybody from doing that. That's that's perfectly fine. 
because it's pretty neat. There are parts of it, you know, that are difficult and, and hard to build and hard to do. It took time to to research it and, and figure it out. So some of that I won't necessarily say, but... Well, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. How do you guys invoice? Do you have like a, a computer and a, and a printer? You know... As far as invoices go, I keep it simple. And that's one of the things for the van and being a small operation is you, you can keep things really simple. I know how to run some really impressive lab management software, but there's no need. Yeah. With what I'm doing, I can take just a an invoice book and write out invoices in, you know, just a, a minute mm-hmm. and, and box them up. So it's weird because I'm so used to being on a large scale. Mm-hmm. To be by, you know, I say by myself, but me and my wife doing this work and be back to the basics, back to back to really simple business. Yeah. But it, it's so uncomplicated. Yeah. You just have to and quit overthinking be. things. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, it's become a really simple process. Mm-hmm. It's not like you need to run reports on your production. I mean, you know what it is. You are production. Right. It's me. And so, you know, nowadays I know every case that comes in and out. I talk to the doctors about every case myself. You would be amazed at, at when you have that kind of control and you're putting your hands on every case and, and know every step. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how exact you can be. Hmm. Obviously, you don't need to market because everybody in the town knows who you are. But did you have an original price list on exactly what you would do? Oh, yes, absolutely. So I tried to be as professional as possible. I mean, I wear scrubs. And so they have my logo on it, which is, you know, the name is Osborne Certified Dental, but uh, it's OCD. That's that's what we go by. Ah, I like that. (laughs) And so it's very fitting because I'm very much that way. But uh I put stickers on my boxes with my name on it. Mm-hmm. I have the logos are all over my van. When I roll in there, like I said, I wear scrubs. I look professional. When I go around to them, I went with a a resume and a price list and a list of same day services that I could provide. And so, you know, just like anybody else markets, when you're starting from scratch, I started during the best year ever, 2020. Yeah. <laughs> When everybody's got their doors shut and you're required to wear a mask and you can't even walk up and open a door, you have to make a phone call yeah. before you can go into an office. So to start a successful business in in that year, it took some work and it takes a lot of no's yeah. <laughs> people because I don't know how much you guys have done sales, but I'm not really a salesman. I won't try to sell you a product, but what I can do is tell you how I can help you. Yeah, And so, and that's the approach that I took with, with the doctors. And so once I found the right area, you know, where the need was, which is the great thing about the mobile unit, it doesn't matter. If someone has a town locked down, you know, and they have a good lab and they're just not going to pull from them, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't buy a location in that town. I can be in any town that I want to be in. That's cool. That's what makes it neat for me when you're working from a remote area like I live in, and it's gorgeous here. I love it, but there's not a lot. I mean, the closest town to me is Mountain View, and there's like 2,700 people there, so it's very small. But in just a minute, I can be t- to towns of, uh, you know, I say just a minute, and in an hour travel time, I can be to towns that have 10,000, 20,000, yeah, and more. Uh, I can be to the state capital in in an hour and a half. And so you can take it anywhere you need to go. You know, you go where the work is. And that's what my idea was, is 
I need something that I can take where the work's at. That's for sure. So you'd go to an office, go in there, grab the same day work, sit out in their parking lot and do it, and then walk right. it right back in? Right. So you're talking about, you know, you take a repair that, that they have to ship somewhere. Sure. And patients don't like to do without that, right? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So nobody wants to go without their teeth. And they're going to need upkeep on things. They're going to need relines. They're going to need repairs. And so I can take those. And instead of them shipping the case out, just say a driver comes by. So it's a day in the car. Yeah. And then it's a day in the lab. And then it's another day in the car. Well, you go from that to about, I mean, if I'm going to do a repair, you're talking 20, 30 minutes and they have it back. Mm-hmm. Do patients realize that it's out in the van getting fixed? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Probably. <laughs> Any of them want to come watch? You know what? Surprisingly, I haven't. Now, I've had people want to look. Yeah. And I've actually had other dental technicians just see me sitting and want to come check it out. Mm -hmm. And so the dentist, of course, that's one of the, the main things. They're like, mobile lab? What's that? And I'm like, come check it out. Yeah, that's cool. You know, and so they come out and they... You know, they see it and it looks professional and, and it has, you know, the, the vinyl graphics on the side and the back and the front. It has them everywhere. Yeah, yeah, sure. And then they get inside and they see, I mean, this is an actual functioning dental lab, you know, and it's not like it doesn't look like just some homemade thrown together junk pile. Didn't I mean, look I like something I would do. <laughs> it, yeah. You know, I tried to make it look very professional because it's something that I want to be able to show them. No, the pictures are amazing. It looks professionally done. It's nice. Congratulations. Well, thank you. I was afraid to have someone else do it because they don't know the vision that I had for it. And so for me to, I know how I'm going to work out of it every day. Yeah. So I know how to you know, what I need. And so that's one of the main reasons. No, I could totally see that. You'd have someone else do it and they don't understand workflow or the need or having this next to right. this. Yeah, totally makes sense. Well, that's amazing, Dustin. I think it's really cool what you're doing. Me too. I'd like to come check it out. I can't wait to see the pictures. What do you do in the winter or in the heat? Okay, so those are super good questions because uh, naturally you're going to fight the elements a little bit. But so I have running water. How much water do you carry with you? That I carry is, is 15 gallons. And so with that 15 gallons, I can operate honestly for, for about three days at a time. Wow. That's not bad at all. Right. And my drain tank that I have in there is 14 gallons. And you're like, well, that, that math doesn't add up. <laughs> but, <laughs> but when you, you know, you're mixing stone and doing things like that, you don't drain all of the water back into your drain tank, you know that's sure. absorbed into stone and, and other things. And so, you know, I have that and I have steamer and, and things like that that can freeze. And so you can do one of two things. Uh, you know, you have to store that in a climate controlled building, park it in there, mm -hmm. or of course the van has its own power. You can, you can plug in a heater and just leave your heater on low and, and keep it warm oh, inside. Yeah. So, you know, as far as it's freezing up in the winter time, you know, that was something I was watching close because it got really cold this year. And so that was not, it was not too bad of a problem. Just something you have to think about at the end of the day. And as far as the heat goes, it's insulated. So mm -hmm. I insulated the, the walls and the, and the ceiling and stuff. And I just run the, run the AC from the van. Oh, wow. And, yeah. And it keeps it cool. And of course, we're usually, we usually got the radio on and listen to a podcast or, uh, you know, listen to some music while we're working. Nice. So. I think it's, I, I, 
I'm fascinated by it still. Me too. I'd like. I'd love to check it out sometime. <laughs> yeah, no, that would be awesome. And you know, as far as those pictures go, you know, if you guys want me to send you some pictures or something like that, I don't have a problem doing that at all. Like I said, most questions I'll answer. There are a few things, just like how yeah. to keep things set, that I'll kind of keep to myself. But other than that, you can tell a lot of it from from the pictures. And so it's not like it's some big secret. You should drive that thing to Chicago Lab Day some some year, and you'd be the most popular guy there. <laughs> oh, goodness. I can't even imagine. <laughs> I've only been to Chicago one time for, for Lab Day. That was when I was on the professional and technical yeah. development team. And you should see this. I'm such a, can't tell by my voice, such a country kid. And so uh, <laughs> when I got to Chicago, it's like, whoa. <laughs> it was a different world. That's hilarious. Well, Dustin, we appreciate you coming on the podcast. Talk about your van down by the river. All right. Well, guys, thanks for having me. And uh, I've, I've really enjoyed talking to you. Yeah, that's a great story. We appreciate it. And we'll talk to you real soon. All right. Sounds good, man. Thanks, All right. Man. Have a good one. All right. Thanks. Bye. The Asiga Max, the world's most advanced lab 3D printer, offers exceptional productivity. Well over 400 labs in the U.S. can attest to its accuracy, speed, and precision. With the 62 micron print precision, the MAX is optimized for both the dental lab or the clinical environment. Its exclusive SPS smart positioning system technology guarantees that every single layer is formed accurately, resulting in consistent results in any environment. And... Its single point calibration makes calibration extremely accurate and fast. As an open material system, you can print any suitable resin from any material manufacturer. Your choice, no strings. The Max also features the fastest material changeover of any 3D printer. Labs love this. Change completely from one print resin to another in under 30 seconds, which is really amazing because you and I both know how hard that is. All of this and the finest, most dependable technical support staff in the dental lab industry. Call Whitmix today or visit Whitmix.com to find out more about the Asiga Max. And as always, we appreciate your support of the podcast, Whitmix. Thank you, Dustin, for coming on our podcast to talk about your amazing van down by the river. We love to hear from technicians that are doing things a little bit differently or a whole lot differently. And we can all agree that Dustin is definitely doing something you don't see too often. I would love to do something like that. Just saying. We were shocked to learn that he was not always from a small lab, that he took the path of the large lab and corporate to a small lab with handwritten invoices. I really love that. So thanks for coming on. Do you think you could do that in Florida with your weather? Or do you think it would only work in other states? I think I could do it if I had an air conditioner in my van. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't do it without it, that's for sure. But yeah, I think so. You'd bake in that van. <laughs> yes, I would. And I would not be a nice girl, just saying. No. And now, after a week of not getting any, here's a collection of thanks from listeners to celebrate Dental Technician and CDT Appreciation Month. Hi, this is Denise Padilla with uh, Desktop Health previously in Vision Tech, and I just wanted to say thank you for everyone that's opened their doors and their labs 
throughout the years and I couldn't be more grateful and humbled for everyone that's taken the time to teach me and speak to me and answer my questions and have the patience for me to learn the business and from the bottom of my heart from every company I worked for thank you so much y'all mean everything to me thank you so much bye I'd like to take a moment to thank all of the dedicated and hardworking laboratory technicians. Whether you're new or you've been at it forever, whether you're digital or analog, whether you do single units or full arch restorations and dentures, thank you from the bottom of my heart for all you do. I want to thank Sherry Rumstaff for being a really great teacher and showing me how to be better at my job and always encouraged me to get my CDT. She's a really great tech, probably probably the best tech I know. Hey guys, this is Melissa Brulot. I'm a denturist at Northwest Dental and Denture in the state of Washington. I actually have two lab techs I want to thank today. The first one is Amber. She's been with us for about seven or eight years now. She actually just got back from maternity leave and... During that time, I really got to understand how much I appreciate her. I really missed her. She does so much for us, and I'm so glad to have her back. Our next one is Terry. She's been with us for about 25 years, and she's truly a Jill of all trades around the lab. She can handle just about anything we throw at her, and she's really good at keeping us in line. Both of these ladies are truly essential to our success. They make me look good day in and day out to the patients. And I'm just so lucky to have them on my team. Thanks, ladies. This is Randy and Scott with Rents from Dental Studio in Minnesota. And we would like to give a big thank you to our nine CDTs at the lab. We appreciate your dedication to the dental industry and all the care you give to your cases and patients. So thank you to Chris Schmitz. Lori Jonovan. Michelle Welk. Sandy Nohava. Ken Bushman. Colleen Davis. Kristen Gorder. Rick Renstrom. And finally, to Randy Renstrom, who is celebrating 40 years as a CDT this year with retirement. Congratulations and thank you all for your commitment and hard work. A big thanks to everyone that sent in their thanks. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Remember, one week left in June, so record away and email them to info at voicesfromthebench.com. Don't let it turn into July without wishing that you did it. Don't let it. Don't let it turn July wishing that you did it. Don't let it. You just do that. I like that. (laughs) I just did. Don't let it turn July wishing that you did. Like it. All right, everybody. That's all we got for you. See ya. Talk to you next week. Bye. He is struggling today, folks.